podcast studios on the campus of Gardner-Webb University in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. This is Bulldog Dialogue. Hello and welcome everybody. I am Gardner-Webb University President William Downs and this is our 10th episode of Bulldog Dialogue. And this time on the show, we welcome the university's new vice president and director of athletics, Dr. Andrew T. Goodrich. We'll also engage in some Gardner-Webb online chatter and news, so stay right here. We'll be right back. Whether at home or the web, you can celebrate homecoming weekend with a bag of Bose Bold Blend. Our coffee has been specifically crafted for you by Broad River Roasters in Cleveland County, North Carolina. Purchase a bag online today or grab one at the Bulldog Barbecue on Homecoming Day. All proceeds support students through Gardner-Webb's annual fund. And nothing says coffee like coffee. Welcome back, everybody. Back on September 14th, Gardner-Webb University introduced Dr. Andrew T. Goodrich as the new vice president and director of athletics. He comes to Bulldog Nation with more than 20 years of experience as a professional in higher education, business management, and the athletic leadership sectors. With degrees and certifications from Notre Dame, Cornell, the University of South Florida, and Cumberland University, Andrew brings a wealth of experiences from the field of play and from inside the academy. His most recent post was at Syracuse University, where he served as Deputy Director of Athletics, as well as Chief Marketing Officer. We're super excited to see what Andrew brings to us at the web. Welcome, Dr. Andrew Goodrich. Thank you so very much. You doing all right today? I'm doing fantastic. Outstanding, outstanding. Let's get started. Um, Beyond what I shared in that brief intro, tell our listeners out there in Bulldog Nation about your history before Gardner-Webb, your path to Gardner-Webb. What else do you want to share about the Andrew Goodrich story? I think it starts right in my childhood. I was born and raised on a dairy farm in central upstate New York. Learned that work ethic from my father and my family and it's something that stuck with me and, and served me really well throughout the course of my career. And then on the opposite side of that, um, you know, I had a stepmom who owned a restaurant. And when you grow up in the restaurant industry, you learn how incredibly important service is, right? I learned early that you can have a million dollar advertising budget, but if you don't serve a good steak, they're not coming back. Beyond that, uh, do we have I, a million dollar advertising budget? <laughs> <laughs> no, Manning. We're working that's on aspirational. That's that, right. That's part, part of my responsibility here. We're, we're going to elevate. But we that will here serve a, a darn good steak. That's for darn sure. <laughs> yes, we will. All right, uh, give us uh, all a sense of your initial observations of, of the Gardner Webb community. What What are your impressions of Gardner Webb athletics? I am so excited every day, and it's coming from the student athletes themselves. 5.45 a.m. this morning, I met with the women's lacrosse team before their practice. You would think that at 5.45 in the morning, people would be moping and tired and walking around like zombies. They were not. They were excited, passionate, enthused. I was fired up to meet them and get to know them a little bit better. Incredible captains. Really, really strong team. It's that type of 
welcome that I've been getting. I literally was walking on campus a couple days ago. Women's soccer team was out there. They were practicing. They all waved and yelled and said hello. I felt so incredibly welcomed by this community. And there's just so much positive energy around everything that we're doing. That my first impression is that this is a this is a rocket ship getting ready to 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 launch. It's all about the student athletes. Um, what about first impressions of facilities? What about first impressions of fan base and appetite of fan base? So first impressions on facilities. If you walk on this campus, it was the first time I had an opportunity to really do that. It is absolutely beautiful. My wife Erica and I went for a walk on campus last night to check out the men's soccer game. And the sun was setting over the western part of campus. It is amazing. And I just said, we have got to capture that image and get it to as many people as possible. Because if you don't know, you need to come and experience that. In terms of walking through the rest of the facilities, hey, listen, I, I like them a lot. I think there's a lot of really good things going on. But I think we all, as we look at them, know that we want to continue to elevate and improve them over the course of the next several years. And it's something I believe that we can do. In terms of fan base, fan base, I'm working really getting some feedback on Twitter. I want to get people more involved, mm -hmm. right? I think I want to see more people get involved. So a key metric for us will be social engagement. That's something that I'll be working with the team really closely on. I have learned at previous institutions that if we can start engaging folks on all these social media platforms, that they will begin to engage with us there and then have that translate into more engagement here on this campus. I was able to go to a volleyball game, uh, and I was really uh, enthused by the crowd and the number of people who were there, but the attitude that they brought. It, the, there's a home venue advantage at Gardner-Webb, so I'm really excited about the way that people got very involved. Yeah, we want to have the toughest venues in the Big South Conference. Yep. Stand behind the line. We'll do it all right, but we want to be loud, and we want to be a tough place to play. Exactly. All right. Um, as you've surveyed the terrain and the landscape, what's job number one for you at Gardner-Webb? What comes first? The first job is establishing a culture of competitive excellence. It sounds like a simple thing. It's a very difficult thing to execute. It is incumbent upon me to be able to meet with this staff and empower them to believe that we can do incredibly wonderful things here. Win championships at the, at the conference level, regional level, and national level. There is nothing that we cannot accomplish here. I met with the SAC group yesterday morning. And when I talked Tell to our them, listeners what the SAC student, for. yeah, student athlete advisory council, it's two members of every single team that we have. They come together for leadership initiatives, both within the athletics department, but also uh, beyond campus. And I, and I shared with them an experience I had at the university of South Florida. When I was, uh, when I arrived at the university of South Florida in 2005, there were very low expectations for those programs. They were brand new coming into the Big East at the time. They, you know, nobody who was being reasonable or logical or rational would have said that those programs can excel against the type of name brand programs that already existed in the Big East at that time. Syracuse, Georgetown, what have you, big, big programs. And yet, we didn't listen to the outside. 
we focused on the people on the inside, we realized in almost everything that we did, it was us against us, not us against anyone else, right? It's us against us. And it all starts with an attitude and a seed of belief. And that's something that I want to instill here. I want people to know deep down in their core that anything that we put our minds to, we can engineer a solution to and we can achieve. That's the first thing. That's the absolute number one thing because it is the foundation upon which we will launch this rocket. So how do you measure improvements in culture? Um, Give me a sense of what you'll be looking for in six months, in a year, in two years. Yep. So I think a lot of that is the way that we talk about ourselves, right? I want to hear people talk about us in the affirmative, in the positive. I look for things that connote your orientation. Are Do you have a scarcity mindset? Do you have an abundance mindset? And you can hear it in the way people talk. If they talk about things, oh, we don't have enough of this. Oh, I need more of that, right? That, that internal locus of control goes away. It becomes external. You are, you know, looking at something else to help you be successful. But people with that abundance mindset say, I can do something with that. That's enough to do this. Let's, that we can build from there. That's the type of language I'm looking to hear from people. And then physically, the one thing that <laughs> staff hasn't heard this yet, this will be a, a key point in the first all staff meeting. I want to see people wearing Gardner Webb only. I do not want to see logos and names of other universities while we are on our campus. We are all proud graduates and, and, and fans of other institutions, and there is nothing wrong with that. That's fantastic. But when you come on our campus and you are in our facilities, there is only one brand. There is only one team, and that is the Running Bulldogs. And I will be vocal <laughs> about when I see people violating that tenet of our, of our department. So I would ask you, even as a fan, go pick up a, a new hat. Go get a shirt. If you can't get one, come and see me. I'll find something for you. All dogs, all the time. Love it. All right, talk to us about the effect of these cultural changes. Talk to us about the effect that improving competitive athletics can have on our students, on our alumni, and on the campus community. What, what does everybody gain? What, what, what do they experience that's going to be new and different and better? So many incredible examples over the years in the history of intercollegiate athletics of universities that, while they were doing great academically, didn't have a rich history in athletic success. But once they embraced the athletic side of campus and you see this success, it helped grows the entire enterprise. A lot of people like to use phrases like athletics is the front porch of the yes. house, right? And, and while that's true, I think it's even simpler than that. People want to identify as a champion. They want to be a winner. And the best way for us to bring people here and want to identify as a running bulldog and be a member of this community is to go out and give championship level performances. And for us, championship level performances is not just on the court and on the fields. We do want to do that, but also in the classroom and in our communities, because that's going to become our brand, right? Everyone I know who went to Gardner Webb is a champion in almost every facet of their lives. 
we're going to create the type of environment where people can do that. That's going to help the rest of the institution grow. Business school is going to grow. More students are going to be attracted and apply to Gardner-Webb. It allows us to get more applications, be more selective, improve our yield rates. These are all things that's going to help this institution grow. And you can look at it, right? From, from, from the Ivy League to the Big Ten, there are some incredible academic institutions, and many of them have been propped up and supported by their incredibly, incredibly fantastic athletics programs. So there are more than 37,000 living Bulldog alumni spread across the country and spread across the globe. Uh, they may not all be listening to episode 10 of Bulldog Dialogue. Some of them are, however. Um, what's your message to them? How can, what can they do to help improve the experience of student-athletes here at Gardner-Webb? It's really quite simple. Become a member of the Bulldog Club. Every single dollar matters. If you can only share a dollar, please share that dollar. If you can share more, please share what you can. Because every single dollar that we put towards this student-athlete experience is going to have an incredible rate of return. Not only physically, right, in terms of helping us build facilities, helping us serve our student-athletes, but you're going to enrich and change the lives of the students who receive those services. They are then going to go out into the community and enrich their communities, it, 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 it's multiplicative, right? It's, the, it's uh, exponential, not linear. So even when you sit there and think, well, you know what? Even a $50 donation is really not going to move. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. I think we learned in episode nine of Bulldog Dialogue for $8.33 a month, you too can be an active and full-fledged member of the Bulldog Club. So uh, we encourage that. Uh, Andrew, for those listening who may not be aware, help explain the name, image, likeness, NIL. What's what's all that about in the NCAA landscape? And as a connected follow-up, how can our university and our student-athletes benefit more from NIL? Certainly. It's, it's a pretty simple concept that isn't new in athletics because almost every pro athlete participates in some sort of name, image, and likeness component. It is new to intercollegiate athletics because it had been once defined as a violation of the amateurism definition. But it is simple as each student has the ability to generate revenue off of their own personal brand. And that can be done in so many different ways. It could be done as simply as doing a podcast. A student athlete could be paid for the for uh, their time to come in and do a podcast. Some student athletes. Are we paying him, no? I checked with Steve. It's other duties as a side. <laughs> but, you know, you know and, and listen, let's talk, like, you know, I don't want to bury the headline here. There are incredible stories about student athletes generating significant sums of money across the country. And while that may be true, and I emphasize and underline and circle may, there are a handful of student athletes who are making significant dollars, but it is the extreme minority. A vast, vast majority of student athletes who are generating revenue off name, image, and likeness are probably not bringing in enough to pay their rent per month. Now, that being said, as someone who is a former student athlete, if I could generate $500 a month while I was playing, 
and help me pay my rent, that would have changed my experience significantly. Because I can remember times when I was hustling to try to go out and say, hey, I got to make another 200 bucks this month because I got rent at the end of the month and I got to figure that out while I'm also trying to balance going to class and being a great athlete on our baseball team. I think for us, um, there are a couple of passive income opportunities that I'm looking to instill here at Gardner-Webb. And by passive income, by definition, that really means opportunities for our student athletes to generate revenue from their personal brand without taking up a significant amount of time and taking them away from their studies and from their, from their uh, dedication to their sport. I'll give you an example of one that isn't passive. Some student athletes are doing camps and they're inviting young people to say, hey, 50 people can come to my, uh, you know, I'm a soccer goalie and I'm going to do a soccer goalie camp and I'm going to have 50 student athletes, or I should say just 50 people come to my camp and I'm going to charge you $100 per person is totally legit. And But what that student and students like them are figuring out is getting a camp set up is incredibly time consuming. You have legal liability issues, right? All of a sudden, you got to make sure no one gets hurt. They sign in their waivers. So you're hiring an accountant, you're hiring a lawyer, and you are basically opening up a business, which on one hand is a fantastic learning opportunity. However, it takes a significant amount of time out of your day. It's a difficult or a non-passive way to go out and generate dollars. There are things that we can do with social media and that I have seen as some of the best practices. I'll even cite one that, that we used at our previous institution, uh, Cameo. I don't know if you're familiar with the concept of Cameo, but Cameo is a platform that allows people to request specific uh, celebratory or, or some sort of honoring messages that can be paid right online. We had some of our uh, basketball student athletes deliver birthday messages by video that they recorded on their phone, took them 60 seconds, uploaded it, sent it to those people in exchange for cash, completely fine. I use that as an example of something that we could do here, do it pretty quickly, really effectively. And then not to get too much into the weeds, but we are going to evaluate group licensing opportunities as well. I think that's a big area. And Group licensing is how most pro sports athletes do their endorsement deals. We'll evaluate the companies that are out there in that space. And I'm, I'm pretty confident we'll identify a good partner for us and that we'll work on a deal. So we'll have a group license so that companies, if they don't want to come in and do a one-off deal with just a single player, might be able to sponsor an entire team. Anytime you have six or more student athletes included in a name, image, and likeness deal, that then falls under the group licensing category. And I'm, I'm pretty passionate about this and I've got a lot of ideas. I, and the other thing I think that we really should consider and I think we'll be able to do is co-licensed apparel. We all saw that growing up. We all had our favorite players that we followed when we were young. And I wanted to be able to get a jersey of that player in their college uniform. But you could not do that in the past and pay the student athlete. Today we can we can create uh, co-licensed deals so that our fans will be able to go out and get that brand new Gardner-Webb football jersey, basketball jersey, baseball jersey, what have you, with the name and number of your favorite student athlete. And the best part about that is it's a win-win-win 
win number one, the fan gets what they want. Win number two, the university gets paid from the license. And win number three, the student athlete also gets a royalty. Everybody wins in that uh, scenario. Winning is good. That we can agree. Um, so people who have questions about NIL also have questions about the transfer portal. Uh, do you think um, it's been a net positive for college athletics? And do you see it sticking around in perpetuity? I, uh, William Shakespeare has a line, right? Nothing is neither good nor bad, just thinking makes it so. And I think that applies to the transfer portal. If it helps you, it's fantastic. If it hurts you, it's awful. <laughs> that being said. Wow, way to equivocate there, Dr. Goodrichard. <laughs> we can edit that out, Noel, right? That's, that's probably, is that going to make? All right. You know, who knew the athletics director was going to quote Shakespeare? That's pretty impressive. It's here to last. It, it's not going away. It will be modified. But I will say this. Ultimately, it's more good than bad. The areas and where it's, where it's good, there are situations where students leave and go and graduate from another institution. The areas where it's bad is when a student athlete is simply using it as a tool to make their life easier. And I know that if you're, if you're a 17-year-old student athlete and you're listening to this podcast, you're saying, well, this, this guy doesn't get me. Let me tell you, I'm a 46-year-old man who played at a junior college and then transferred to a four-year college. Playing college baseball, half of your teammates wanted to transfer every single year during my era because you have 24 guys on the team and nine starting positions, right? So... And every single person felt like they had the desire or the right to start and play. On Tuesday, I was in Nashville for the Collegiate Athletics Leadership Symposium. And I had a, a breakfast with my former baseball coach, Woody Hunt. He's a Hall of Fame baseball coach. And I didn't play a lot my junior year. I came off the bench. I performed very well when I had those opportunities, but I struggled to get on the field and I worked very hard. And you know what? Coach Hunt would be the first one to tell you, Andrew, you probably deserve to be on that field, but there's only nine spots and 24 guys. So I can't put you all out there, even though you all deserve it. But what's interesting about it, what he and I talked about was it's those struggles that got me here in this position right now. I have the best job in the United States of America. I have never been happier in my entire life than I have been right here, right now. And if I'm being really honest, I would not trade what I have right now to start every game for four years in college. It's learning how to handle adversity. It's learning how to handle the struggle. It's learning how to not get down on yourself, but even when you do, learn how to pick yourself back up. This is the hidden value of intercollegiate athletics. A vast majority of people are concerned about how much money you're generating off your name, how much playing time you're getting. But 25 years after you graduate, that won't matter. What will matter is did you develop the intangible skills and character traits 
that are going to get you through life and be a champion later. I didn't play a lot. I didn't play as much as I wanted. I conveyed that to coach on Tuesday morning at breakfast. He, it's something he's known for 25 years, but I think we both agree that I, I, I have been able to take that desire to want to continue to get in the starting lineup. It fires me up every day. All right. So uh, as we begin to wrap up here, um, tell us a little bit about your long-term vision for Gardner Webb Athletics. Um, how good can we be? Um, how big can we be? How far can we extend our brand? How much can we win? This can be an international brand. We can be well-known all across the globe. And I do anticipate my vision, our student athletes from all over the world, wanting to come here to Boiling Springs and be a running bulldog. Let's make that first and foremost. There is absolutely no limit on what we can do. It will take steps. It'll start small. But there are schools out there right now. I'll first one off topic, Gonzaga. If you were just look at Gonzaga's DNA, they probably shouldn't be able to compete with the Michigans of the world, the, the I Texas. I think they play the basketball, world. don't they? Yeah. yeah, I think they do. And you know what? I think they've t- figured out to do it really, really well, right? And, and, and I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. I think some of these schools that are pound for pound, right, outperforming everyone else are faith-based institutions. Mm. I, I, listen, I'm, I'm a proud graduate of the University of Notre Dame. And when you go to Notre Dame, the moment you walk on that campus, you know you have walked it someplace special. But when you meet with the priests and you meet with the administrators at Notre Dame, especially those who are the historians, you know what they love to tell you? That the first building they built burnt down. And when the president, Notre Dame fans, don't get mad at me, I think it was Father Soren. I want to make sure I get the right person, but I believe Father Soren who helped found the university saw their one building burnt to the ground. Everyone was devastated. Everyone, all their work, everything they did to start this university from scratch. And he walked up and he looked at everyone and he smiled and they were like, what is wrong with you? And he said, we didn't honor God the way we were supposed to. We had built it too small. He wants it to be bigger. Those are the type of stories that inspire me to say, you know what? We, we can do it. We can build Gardner Webb bigger, better, faster, stronger. We can elevate every facet of what we're doing, but it just starts with us. It's not going to start anywhere else. We're going to say our prayers. We're going to glorify God. We're going to do it the right way, but we're going to band together and we can do it internally. Love the vision. Love the energy. Um, and I'll say again what I said when we introduced you back in September. Um, you said that nobody, nobody would outwork you. And uh, that, that's, a, that's an incredible asset to have here at Gardner-Webb. Any final thoughts for Bulldog Nation before we wrap up today? Final thoughts are this. Uh, please get involved in any way, shape, or form. If, uh, if you're an alum and you are out in the West Coast, Follow us on social media, visit our website, get involved. If you live around here locally, come to our events, soccer. We got soccer going on. We got volleyball going on, right? We got lacrosse. Come to the football games, 
get ready, get prepared, go out and buy basketball season tickets. Every single dollar of support helps. And plus just kind of creating that atmosphere that Dr. Downs referred to earlier. It's just fun. It's good fun. Listen, we know it's not guaranteed to us every day. We just went through an era where we just found out, Hey, you know what? This, this can be taken away from you. Come out and enjoy it while you can. That'd be, that'd be my advice. Andrew Goodrich, new vice president, director of athletics here at Gardner-Webb University. Thanks for your time today on Bulldog Dialogue. Go dogs. All right. We'll go to a break and we'll be right back. Gardner-Webb University now offers a graduate degree for public servants. The fully accredited 10-month Master of Public Administration, or MPA, will prepare students for careers in government and nonprofit agencies. It's 100% online with tuition under $20,000. The degree is geared towards working professionals and taught by faculty who are public service experts. For more information on the Gardner-Webb MPA 10, contact Alex Carroll at 704-406-2660. Welcome back to Bulldog Dialogue. It's time to get social and check out what's happening at Gardner-Webb. And first up in the news, we want to give a shout out to Gardner-Webb University alumnus Jacob Conley, who's going to be participating in the Cycle to the Sea Ride, a three-day ride covering 180 miles to raise funds and awareness for the Adaptive Sports and Adventures Program at Atrium Health's Carolina's Rehabilitation. Bike ride is held every year. It involves athletes with physical disabilities who cycle on hand cycles or tandem bikes. Each rider obtains individual pledges in order to participate. We're really pleased that this year Gardner-Webb is a proud sponsor of Jacob Conley. You can follow Jacob on Twitter at GWUJake. Good luck, Jake, on the ride. Next, we always love to see when our Gardner-Webb University students get out of the classroom, get their hands dirty a bit in the real world, and do some immersive learning. Great example from Dr. David Judge's general biology class, which recently went out to the Broad River, got in the water, got in the mud, and collected some samples. It was an exercise that helped our students look for biological indicators of water quality. Picture on Instagram looks like science can be both rewarding and fun. And so I encourage you to follow Gardner Webb's natural sciences programs on Instagram at GWU underscore NatSci, N-A-T-S-C-I. That's GWU underscore N-A-T-S-C-I. A third social media glimpse into the world of Gardner Webb activities takes us to our women's basketball team. The team recently visited Springmore Elementary School to be reading buddies to the children there. Wonderful service to the community, and I know those elementary school children were thrilled to meet our running Bulldogs. So often student-athletes can serve as positive role models and heroes for our younger children, and we're just so glad to see our players out in Bowling Springs, out in Shelby, and, and, and beyond. And you can learn more, and you can support our women's basketball team by following them on Instagram. It's GWU underscore WBK, Gardner-Webb University Women's Basketball. Their season starts in just a few short weeks, opening up against Clemson. 
And finally, a shout-out to Gardner-Webb alumna Lauren Murphy, Vice President of Human Resources at Carolina Handling. She's been named Best Human Resources Professional among large private companies in the Charlotte area. And that recognition comes from the Charlotte Business Journal. So congratulations, Lauren Murphy. We're proud of all you're doing and glad to see you're receiving these well-deserved accolades. That's just one of 37,000 Gardner-Webb University alumni making a positive difference in their professions and in their communities. Okay, folks, that's a quick look at GWU in the news. We'll take a quick break and be right back. Gardner-Webb University now offers a concentration in cybersecurity within the traditional bachelor's degree. Cybersecurity is a fast-growing field with excellent job opportunities. Available to residential students now, a fully online option begins in January. Community college graduates with degrees in information technology can complete their bachelor's degree online at Gardner-Webb. For more information on the new cybersecurity program, contact DCP at gardner-webb.edu. Thanks again to Dr. Andrew T. Goodrich for being our guest today on Bulldog Dialogue. To find out more about Gardner-Webb Athletics, check out gwsports.com. Folks, remember, wherever you are, in the office, on the road, at home, or in the gym, you can find and subscribe to all official Gardner-Webb podcasts on your favorite platforms like Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Music, Amazon Podcast, and Audible. So until next time for Bulldog Dialogue, I'm Gardner-Webb University President William Downs. Let's go dogs.